Syracuse fans, the Brad Klein era is back. Bones is on vacation. That means it's just me here on Locked on Syracuse. And we're talking a little bit more about the conference realignment, bringing in John Garcia, college football recruiting analyst from Sports Illustrated. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what this means on the recruiting side. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse. Let's do it. Our Locked on Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. It's Locked On Syracuse Friday finale. I'm Brad Klein with John Garcia, college football recruiting analyst for Sports Illustrated. John, thank you so much for taking the time. Good to be back on with you, sir. Uh, yeah, it's it seems like it's only been a week, but there's so much going on. Uh, and I think that's kind of a blessing in the summer, but also it's, it's kind of a lot to unpack unexpectedly at times. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as a reminder, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. In this episode, Brought to you by LinkedIn. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. That's an update since you were last on the pod. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So, John, last time you were on, we were talking about recruiting. And we were talking about the ins and outs of 2023 Right now, that doesn't matter. All that matters for college football fans right now is the conference realignment game of musical chairs. And Bones and I were talking about it a few episodes ago. You can go check it out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What is the next step for John Wildhack? Well, that question just got more complicated with a report. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, a report from Swim Swam News. Just take it or leave it, whatever you want. But Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, and Virginia, all four of those programs trying to get to negotiate their way out of the ACC into the SEC. I called it, not going to lie, I did call UNC being one of those teams. So I ask you, John, what's the next move for John Wildhack for Syracuse? I don't know. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, you you kind of naturally pivot, in my mind, you I still think of geography with conferences. I know that's stupid at this point, but I still go geography first. Uh, so with, with the news of the Big Ten expanding, my brain immediately went there in this Syracuse hypothetical. Um, but look, I, I do think the ACC, obviously, if you lose, first of all, Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson, no disrespect to the others, uh, those are three kind of cornerstones uh, of the conference. And remember, this isn't just football. You have to expand it into all sports. Certainly Clemson, you know, holds it down in football, but uh, Florida State has been there in, in many sports. Obviously, North Carolina, same deal, uh, you know, lacrosse, soccer, et cetera, swimming, apparently, which is the catalyst of all of this. Um, you know, it's going to be tough to lose any of those, especially all of them, if that becomes something that, that we track going forward. But I do think there's 10 other teams in the league, and I do think there's the opportunity potentially to expand within the ACC. Um, look, look at what the Big 12 has done just in the last year, right? Uh, obviously, Texas, Oklahoma leaving. At that moment, my brain was like, 
oh my gosh, all of Big 12 recruiting is going to suffer. All of the Big 12 hype is going to suffer without those two brand names. And then they started overcompensating and they're bringing in some niche markets that I do think are going to work in the Big 12, BYU, UCF, uh, Houston is, is certainly local, so that makes sense. And then Cincinnati, which just made the playoff, for goodness sakes. So I do think that there's there's a silver lining to you know lose a good group and gain maybe a different but potentially better group down the line. Um, so I do think that the ACC has a lot of staying power on its own, even if these four programs depart. Uh, and I and I you know no disrespect to swimming. The report itself is also just, it's curious for me at best, yep. right? Because these programs really aren't related. Usually when we see these schools moving on, it's almost like package deals that you can envision, right? USC and UCLA moving together to the Big Ten makes a lot of sense. Texas and Oklahoma moving together to the SEC kind of starts to make sense. You know, North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia, you know, four different states, Um some do border each other, but no natural rivalries in yeah. there. You know, if it was North Carolina, Duke, NC State, and, you know, now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, this starts to make sense, right? Because one group knows that it's better with the other. These don't layer the same way as some of the moves that we've actually seen gone down. But that's, again, these are, these are kind of my instant reactions to, to this semi-breaking news. But beyond that, going back to the ACC and Syracuse, I do think the rest of those programs – could kind of rally and bring in some other suitors that might be looking around, whether it's Big 12 programs uh, or, or programs in other conferences that are looking to move around. I do think that there's uh, a potential solution by staying put or trying to be aggressive and looking forward to, to making a move to another conference like the Big 10, which again, geographically makes sense, but you know, geography has become a mole point in all of this conversation, really starting with the Big 12's expansion uh, several years ago. I feel like anyone who's really starting to think about geography might also just be trying to start their fires with two rocks at this point because geography is dead. UCLA and USC prove that. And I think we all have to just kind of hop on board, even though that's tough to do. And you're mentioning geography. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking the same thing when I saw the report and the rumor. It didn't make... I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe it, but it doesn't make 100% of sense when you see Florida State's going, Miami's not. Why? Right. Why would it be Virginia and not Miami? I do understand why it would be North Carolina and not Duke. That's a, I feel like a lot of people are, are a little curious about that. Why would you leave your rival? Well, UNC's football is reputable and Duke's isn't, so I get it. But at the same time, I don't know. So here's a question that you probably won't know the answer to because no one does. How do you recruit in this? Well, we don't know where Syracuse is going to go, if they go, and if they stay, what the ACC is going to be. So if you're Dino Babers, you're knocking on doors and going into living rooms. What do you even say? I think you got to stand on, on the university itself and the program itself. I, I think some of the you know, the SEC started, you know, the whole like SEC chance. And that was a thing for so long. I think you got to just remove yourself from that part of the pitch. Um, you don't highlight some of the opponents you play. So if you're recruiting a kid in Orlando, let's say, don't say, hey, well, we're going to go play Miami and Florida State in your home state. So now, you know, mom could come see you and, and, and kind of those extra pitches 
that you make. I just think you you keep it hyper focused, um, and that's kind of good recruiting anyway. There's there's an old coach who told me in recruiting you don't bring up anything beyond your bubble because that bubble can and will change. So if you are a little brother or viewed as a little brother in your own state, let's say, let's say you're Auburn and you're recruiting against Alabama, don't bring up Alabama. Why, why would you do it? Um, so I do think that there's some of that carryover in this conversation and it, it should start to apply to basically every school, not just the schools that could theoretically be left behind when these super conferences form. Just focus on your school and the things that you can provide or have already provided there. I think you maintain that, hey, you know, we're, we're going to play big time football. We're going to be on television. We're still going to travel across the, the eastern seaboard at a minimum. Uh, but you don't go hyper specific, at least right now, when it comes to that pitch, because there are too many moving parts. It kind of reminds me of the fall when all these coaching changes happen. I think 21 power five jobs changed hands uh, from from September uh, to December. A lot of those coaches were recruiting at schools that they weren't going to be at. And I, I talked to a few and they were like, man, we just had to keep it about the school, not even about me coaching you. It was more about what you can experience here with or without me. And that it takes an entirely different approach. And it certainly is, is off script compared to what a lot of these coaches have done for their whole careers. Uh, especially in the, in the more notable conferences that have won national titles in football, like the SEC and the ACC in particular. Um, so I just think it's going to take some unlearning in that part of the process. But I think you can pull from schools that feel like they've been left behind and coaches that knew they were going to be left behind and kind of see how they adjusted. And, and they kind of unanimously say, go, go tunnel vision, focus on the brand, the school, the logo, the colors, and go from there, keep it narrow as opposed to broad when you're trying to introduce uh, a program to, to a prospect per se. Let's take a time out here, John, and talk a little bit about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs that was fantastic, and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is where the game starts. We're here. We're talking about John Garcia, Sports Illustrated college football recruiting analyst. And John is just trying to give his two cents and rub his crystal ball on what's going on with pandemonium right now in college football with the conference realignment Syracuse in a weird spot because let's face it football has been a liability and right now football is king and that's all these conferences the Big Ten the Big 12 the SEC are really listening to when you're knocking on the door and giving your sales pitch and John I want to follow up on something you mentioned that the new sales pitch for all these coaches needs to be well just sell the school but I wonder as you were saying that If I'm a fan listening at home, my question is, is that enough? Because that's why Syracuse left to go to the ACC, right? Recruiting is going to be, hey, now we're not just Syracuse. We're Syracuse in the ACC. We're playing all these big programs that might be leaving now. So is just the color orange, the dome, the campus, is that enough? I mean, probably not. Um, But at any non-blue blood, current blue blood, I don't want to offend any of, of our um, you know, older listeners, 
current blue bloods, any anybody outside of that bubble, and it's a very small bubble, right? Anyone outside of the bubble would probably say the school's not enough, right? I mean, it, you have to kind of look around at your neighbors per se and utilize them in recruiting as much as possible, whether it's from a competition standpoint, whether it's from a consistency standpoint, or, or even a stability standpoint at time. How many kids sign up to play at Duke or North Carolina for that basketball rivalry that inevitably carries over onto other sports? So without those parameters available, you just have to try to keep it focused. And, and I don't know if any one school can hold up a, a candle, especially in football, relative to those that win championships and produce the most NFL players, which are the same teams, by the way. So it's really hard to imagine any of these programs feeling great about it. But I do think it's it's somewhat temporary, right? We're going to get answers to, to the greater picture conversation. It might be hard to keep up with, uh, like conference realignment always is, because again, geography doesn't matter anymore. So it is temporary. But I do think in the short term, I, I don't see another way of being effective uh, as a recruiter, uh, you know, to a, a given target. You know, how else could you sell your program um, without, I guess, potentially tripping up in mentioning schools that are no longer in your conference or potentially on the way out or other schools or overlooking schools that may be on their way in to, to your conference when, when you don't have any data of, of what your school is even going to do or, or even is trying to do at this point. So it is, it's fascinating. It's frustrating at the same time. Uh, so I just think it, it kind of reverts back to this is what we do. This is what we want to do, regardless of who we're playing, where we're at, which conference and all of those things, if it comes to that. Um, but I do think that um, we also make the mistake of thinking that these kids that are interested are, are aware of what we are uh, as, as fans, as, as uh, adults, as professionals, whatever it is, you know, kids don't necessarily know all the things that we do. Um, so I do think how it's presented from, from the adults, from the college coaches, I do think that drives the majority of these conversations that happen between, you know, coach and, and potential player. So I think it's, it is on the coaches to navigate it, even though it's uh, kind of impossible to navigate. All this coming in the aftermath of a report that is circulating all over Twitter and is blowing up the internet right now that North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, and Clemson, I'd say the, the four biggest programs, if not four of the top five, six programs in the ACC, are on their way out and headed for the SEC to tag up with one of the biggest conferences, if not the biggest conference right now in America, that and the Big Ten. Those are the two. That's the two-headed monster, and everyone else is just the groundlings around it right now, and Syracuse is a part of the groundlings, you would think. So, John, here we're talking about Syracuse's next step. I'm wondering about your thought on this, because as you're talking, I was just I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm trying to be the smart person in the room, which is typically not my strength. But if you're Dino Babers, you go into the living room. I wonder if your pitch could be this. Hey, all this conference realignment stuff, it's not going to happen for a couple of years. So why don't you just come? And if we have to move conferences, you can either stay or leave. Transfer portal, not really a, an obstacle right now. It's actually a promotion for college football players and prospective players because they don't have to sit out. And basically you just gamble and hope that wherever Syracuse ends up or if they stay in the ACC has to revitalize itself, that it will be competitive and just kind of roll the dice. I wonder if that might be my approach. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. I mean, I, I do know a lot of coaches are viewing roster management as a year-to-year situation as opposed yeah. to a, you know, a, a rolling depth chart of, of three, four, five, six years uh, with, with that extra year uh, in 2020 that everybody got. So, yeah, I do think that there's they're a little bit more prepared because of the portal and because of the, you know, a frantic player movement, for lack of a better phrase, that we've seen throughout college sports, not just college football. Um, so I do think that you can kind of quantify it as, hey, let's just, let's get you here. Let, let's focus on one year. Give us 12 months and, and see how it goes. I, I do think that's another good counterpoint uh, towards recruiting, regardless of, of where you may end up. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the point about when these changes will go into effect, while confusing, uh, is it, critical. I mean, that that is everything. How many Texas and Oklahoma kids think, man, I'm going to play in the SEC. Well, it's like you probably will, maybe for a year, maybe you won't. You know, there's still a lot of uncertainty there. Same thing now with USC and, and UCLA recruits. Uh, so I think keeping keeping things, again, more narrow uh, makes a lot more sense, um, not only from a pitch perspective, but, but I agree with you from a time perspective. Focus on a 12-month scholarship as opposed to a four- or five-year scholarship. And I do think that could be a way to circumvent some of some of these obstacles that, again, every coaching staff is at least trying to talk about with their staff at this point before it gets to the players. But uh, there's still a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, pieces to be made and, and moved. As a reminder, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com. Slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. John Garcia here, Sports Illustrated college football recruiting analyst. And John, you've been awesome. You always are. You're the man, as Bones would say. I ask you this, and again, we were talking about it a few days ago, but you're the smarter guy in the room right now. So I got to ask my idea contingency plan. Bones, I think, is more leaning towards you in that you have faith in the ACC to rebuild itself and sustain itself like the Big 12 did when they lost their big pieces. But the Big 12, even though Oklahoma and Texas are huge, they lost two teams. The ACC rumored to be losing four enormous brands. That's a massive hit. So I'm not confident in the ACC to sustain itself. And I'm thinking maybe the uh, Planet of the Apes scene where the entire world just blows up, maybe if that happens, where Syracuse just ends up saying, you know what, let's just go back to the Big East. Let football be football whatever, and our Big East basketball is going to be awesome. Well, look, you know, I think looking at this from a football perspective makes sense because of the money, right? I mean, I think we all understand that that's where the eyeballs are. That's where the television dollars largely come in. So it it does make the most sense to at least begin the conversation there. But when you expand it, and you think of basketball in the Big East. I mean, that was I remember when that transition happened. I was I was on campus. It was a big deal. There were a lot of people against it. So I do think that there's still something to be said for reverting back to to some old traditions. You know, certainly those old Big East teams aren't in this conversation, right? You're talking about Virginia Tech, Pitt, obviously Syracuse. You, you could go back and, and you, you wrap up with UConn and, and you, you really throw it back and try to pull Rutgers out of the Big Ten. I get it, um, but it just seems like football is the driver. So it, it's hard to overlook that. Although, again, a swimming outlet broke this news. It is hard to overlook the football element of it. But I think that's a good example of the give and take that is naturally going to come with 
all of this conversation. So I, I appreciate the kind words, but I don't feel like yeah. the smartest guy in the room, even in a two-person room, because it's it's literally day-to-day at this point. Um, but I do think overall, and I think this is the most important part, I do think Syracuse will be okay, um, relative to Boy. where they've been. Now, can you take it back to the late 80s and early 90s on the football field and combine that with basketball and a dominant lacrosse program? Probably not all of those things. But can you stay in the mix, which is really what Syracuse has been trying to do on on the football field for 20 years? Can you stay in the mix? And I think you can do that in the ACC, in the Big Ten, in the Big East or whatever super conference may come of, of all of these things because they got to change these names, right? It can't be the Big Ten or Big 12 anymore. No, they're going to have to buy out Conference USA, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, whatever whatever that dynamic looks like, I do think Syracuse still has that cachet attached to it to where as an overall athletic department, there is a lot to gain from, from bringing in the orange. Um, uh, so I do think that holds plenty of value when it comes to TV and when it comes to conferences sitting down and trying to figure out how this thing breaks at the 11th hour. That's awesome. John Garcia, Sports Illustrated, college football recruiting analyst. You are always awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Talking about Syracuse right now in the ACC and uh, the ACC as we know it right now. Before it changes, go tune into Locked On ACC for 30 minutes every day. Candace Cooper giving you the inside news, information, and analysis. That's your second listen every day behind Locked On Syracuse. And she might do an even better job in highlighting the revolving door that might be the ACC in the coming days. And Bones and I will be back next week. That is it. Your week is over. Enjoy the weekend and stay safe.